Do you know what your number one obstacle is when it comes to being a freelance writer? Here's a hint. It's right between your ears. You're listening to Copy Chatter, the podcast where we talk about all things writing business. We're having a conversation here about freelance writing and freelance writers, and you are invited. Let's chat about business, marketing, dealing with clients, mindset issues, copy tips, and rolling with the changes. We'll also delve into what's going on with this particular writer as I grow and build my own business. Ready to talk shop? It's time for some It's chatter. true. Your biggest obstacle is the one that sits in your brains, in your brain. So um, we are going to talk today about how to overcome some of the mindset issues that are so prevalent, especially among new freelance writers, but really um, among many freelance writers, um, even if you've been at this for a while. And I will admit that some of these are things that I still see pop up in my own head from time to time. So um, if you are a regular listener to the show, I want to warn you, (laughs) my voice is more cracky and creaky than normal today because where I live, spring has sprung and we are in the high season of pollen. We call it the pollening. Um, And my body doesn't get along very well with the pollen. So um, anyway, I don't sound so good. I don't feel so good either. Yay, allergies. But um, anyway, I'm going to try not to sound like (laughs) I have sticks for vocal cords as I record this. Anyway, so I have four different... um, mindset issues, kind of things that we tell ourselves that I wanted to go over with you today to help you begin to beat these back if they are things that are holding you back because I don't want you to hold yourself back. So here we go. The first is this idea that this isn't working yet and so it's not going to work for me. Um, I've heard from a lot of folks who get started with freelance writing and they do all the stuff and they splash around for a little bit and it's been like two weeks and they're like, it's not working. Or they've sent like 20 pitches and it's not working. Um, Or they give it a little bit of effort, um, but they don't uh, get any feedback or any insight. And so they go for maybe a couple of months and then they're like, I'm not getting any work. This isn't working. This doesn't work. Or this doesn't work for me. It's very easy to fall into that trap. Um, and I but on the flip side, I see people who are still trying. there's there's a gal in my student group who um, has been trying for a long time now for months. I, I don't know exactly how many months, but it's been months and I've seen her plugging away, doing the work, finding the leads, getting the clients, asking for feedback and that kind of thing. Um, and she's still not feeling like she, has any traction. So it's definitely a thing that can happen. You can try really hard um, and it might not work. You can come into it thinking it's going to be easy and that it will be super fast. You know, you'll have your full-time salary replaced in two months. That's possible, but that's not the typical story. Um, For most people, it takes a while to work up Um, and it can take a while to get those first that first gig or the first couple of gigs. But just because it's not working doesn't mean it doesn't work. So your brain 
I've been reading a lot about neuroscience and the things that our brains do to keep us safe. And basically, we are hardwired to not do new things because new can be dangerous. And when you're just starting to be a freelance writer, it's all new. And so your unconscious mind or your subconscious mind, I get, you know, I get the two confused sometimes. Anyway, some part, some unhelpful part of your mind that thinks it's very, very helpful, but is really not helpful, um, at least in this regard, is very skilled at convincing you to stop doing this new thing. And so you need to get very skilled at convincing yourself not to listen to the thing that's convincing you to stop. Um, and what I have noticed almost, let me think, I would say probably, well, I'll just say with very, very few exceptions, the people for whom being a freelance writer does not work, but might otherwise work, um, they are quitting before they've made every, um, effort before they've done everything that they need to do. Whereas the people who try and they struggle and maybe they get a lucky break in the beginning, but maybe they don't and it takes a while. There's what I'm trying to say is there's a difference between the two. And the big difference is that the ones where it's not working are the ones who are trying to do it by themselves. Whereas the ones who are able to get that traction and make some progress and that kind of thing, you know, it's working for them. They're the ones who do not do this in a vacuum. They're the ones who are making connections, asking questions, looking for um, resources to troubleshoot, and not just um, expecting their first few attempts to succeed. Um, a lot of it, especially in the beginning, is trial and error, and getting feedback is extremely valuable. But people don't like getting feedback because, you know, what if it's not good? And uh, so that, that that idea that you don't need feedback or that you shouldn't get it or that it's too scary, <laughs> you know, if getting feedback from a colleague is too scary, then you're never going to make it because... When you're getting feedback from a colleague, there's nothing on the line. Whereas when you have a client, like everything, your entire paycheck is on the line, right? For their feedback. So anyway, um, this idea that this isn't working, so this isn't working yet, so it's not for me. Um, if you feel yourself thinking that, then the thing you need to do to move yourself forward is to find some sort of accountability or find some sort of input or feedback, reach out to someone you know, or um, post in a group of writers of other freelancers, or post in a group for, um, you know, post in like a boss moms kind of group where it's people aren't necessarily all writers, but they are all trying to find clients and sell their services and sell their products. Um, so talk to people who are doing what you are doing. If you want to um, get better at freelancing, you need to talk to other freelancers. Um, side note, I have a Facebook group for freelance writers. If you don't have anywhere else to go, I invite you to join us. You can go to theinkwellguild.com and that'll take you straight to the group's page. Answer, your, answer the questions we have for you, we'll let you in. And then you can ask all your questions. We get questions in there every day from people who are um, anywhere from really successful to like, can I even, 
is this even a thing I want to do level of beginner. Um, so you are welcome. All questions are welcome. Anyway, that is one supportive space for you to come and ask your questions if you don't have one otherwise. Um, but whatever you do, make sure that you get feedback on what you're doing. Don't be that person who's like out there on an island all by yourself for a couple months and then you throw your hands in the air and you put in, you know, a refund request because it doesn't work and blah, blah, blah. Don't be that person. Give it a real shot. Um, give it some real effort before you decide that it doesn't work. Um, the next one is something I see in that Facebook group, in my group, a lot. And that is this idea that everything has already been written. Why would anybody want to hire me to write it again? And the answer to that question is really simple. The answer to that question is because they want it on their website too. If every competitor has a post that talks about um, how to get, I don't know, a specific kind of loan, and I have a blog that talks about loans, I need a post on my blog that talks about that specific kind of loan, even though there are probably hundreds of other blog posts out there talking about how to get the loan. If it's not on my website, it's missing. <laughs> I hope that makes sense. Just because it's a topic that has been discussed already um, doesn't mean that it has been discussed in your prospective client's world. And they're, they want their readers to be able to come into their world and find all of the information. So yes, all the personal finance blogs out there have basically the same stuff on it. It's all basically the same stuff. But that's on purpose. Um, it's, it's intentional. It's not even a bad thing. The content, you know, it's like a duplication. And that content needs to be duplicated because, like I said, they want people to stay in their world and not go find it on their competitor blog. They want, it to, they want that information to also be available on their blog. So that's why people want to hire you to write this stuff that has already been written. If it's already been written on their site, they are probably not going to hire you to write it for them again. But if it is not already existing on their site, they need people to do it. And you are a person who can do it for them. That's just the way it is. We um, often, if you are used to reading blogs as um, more of like personal narrative type things where maybe it's like a mom blog where she's talking about her family or cleaning up her house or the 100 day dress challenge or whatever. Yeah, that stuff, we want that to be original. We want that to be personal and authentic and, you know, individual. But the vast majority of blogs that hire writers out there are not that kind of blog. They are more like, um, you can almost think of them as encyclopedias for whatever this niche topic is. So this idea that, well, it's already been done, so no one would want to hire me to do it is a complete fallacy. It's a complete fallacy. And it just tells me that you're not out there and you don't know what you're talking about. Maybe because you're just new, um, but maybe also because you're not paying attention <laughs> or you haven't maybe noticed or you just don't understand that this is the way things work. Um, there needs to be more than one blog post on how to apply for this specific loan because every blog out there that specializes in loans 
needs to have all the information about all the different loans on their individual blog. So that's why people are going to hire you. And that's why this is a mindset issue. It, you know, it may be an understanding issue, like I said, um, just not understanding that the way things work is the way things work. Um, because it, it, do, it isn't necessarily obvious. Um, and or you bring past experience to the forefront that isn't necessarily relevant. Um, but that's, but that's the way it is. People want that content on their own websites as well. And who are you to judge? Unless they're hiring you for strategy and decision making, you're not there to judge. You just do what they want you to do, right? If you are there for strategy and decision making, you need to be uh, charging a whole lot more than you would to write a simple blog post. The next issue I want to talk with you about is this idea of why would anyone hire me? There are so many other experienced writers out there. Why would anyone go with me? And the answer to that is really varied. There are lots of reasons someone would hire you instead of someone else. There are also, I'm, you know, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to pretend this isn't the case. There are also lots of reasons they would hire someone else instead of hiring you. However, if you are putting yourself out there and you want to do this work and you have some decent writing chops and like you're committed to this, then you are going to be an ideal writer for lots of clients out there. And it could be that you are ideal um, because of because maybe your rates are lower and they have a smaller budget. It could be that you are ideal because you have some facet in your background that helps you be able to produce relevant content for for this client. Um, you could be a great listener. You could be um, someone that they have personal rapport with. You know, people like to hire folks that they want to work with. And so you might have the right personality. And it's not even necessarily about your skill or the money. It's that you are able to build a good connection and people want that connection. Um, let me think. Another reason people would hire you over someone else is if you are the one standing in front of them. <laughs> If they need a writer and you're like, oh, I'm a writer. And they're like, oh, great. Can you write this stuff for me? Sometimes it really is that simple. Sometimes it really is that straightforward. You are looking at your sea of competitors. A large number of your clients are not looking at a sea of your competitors. They are looking for a writer. They're looking for someone they like. They are looking for someone they can reasonably rely on to produce this content that they need produced. Um, so this whole idea that there are there are people out there who are way better than me. Yeah, that's true. There are also people out there who are way worse than you. Um, and just because there are people who are better than you doesn't mean that you are not a worthwhile investment yourself. And it doesn't mean that you have nothing to offer. And it doesn't mean that you are not a good choice. You can still be a good choice, even if there are way more skilled writers out there. Um, Chances are the way super skilled writers out there are not doing the type of work that you offer anymore. Um, in my Facebook group several months ago, I had an interview with a few friends of mine. Um, and one of them, her name is Summer Owis. She said, she said something so funny and it was so true. And I'd never thought of it this way before. But she said, content writers have a shelf life or like an expiration. Maybe she said expiration. Basically, she was saying... Um, content writers are only going to do content for so long before they go crazy and they want to do something else. And that is true. That was true for her. It was true for me. It was true for the other two gals on that call. It's been true for every single writer I have ever met who started with content. 
and has been at this for more than a few years. You get bored. You don't want to write blog posts anymore. You want to do something more interesting. You want to do something more lucrative. You want to do something, I don't know, you want to do something different. And so because of that, the people who, if you're just beginning, and you are just beginning as a content writer, the people who um, you are thinking of as so much better than you and so much further down the road and so much more established are probably not even offering the services you offer anymore. They are probably not even available to do this work. Like they don't, that's not their job anymore. They've moved on to a different, they moved on to something different. So like they don't even really exist. They're not actually your competitors anymore. Um, I hope that that helps. That's something that a lot of people who are not familiar with the scene might not even realize. Um, so I hope that that's helpful. Um, it, you know, it's like me. One of the greatest copywriters alive today is, you know, well, we've got like John Carlton. We've got David Deutsch. We've got um, uh, Angie Carline. We've got, um, I think Kim Schwalm is still working. Um, it, just all these great, like Kevin Rogers, really well-established copywriters, um, who charge 50, 75, $100,000 or more for a sales letter, maybe not more. Um, but they charge so much money for sales letters. Why would anyone hire me when they could have John Carlton? Actually, I don't know if he's doing client work anymore, but you get the idea. They would hire me because I would be, um, you know, I charge like once, like 7% of their fees, you know, they could get it for substantially less. Um, and so I might fit within the budget. They might want to go with me because they don't want to hire a man. They might go with me because um, I'm a mom and they want someone who um, can write uh, from the per, from the mom perspective, or they might hire me because someone else they know hired me and recommended me. Right? There are lots and lots of reasons why someone would hire you, and for you to focus only on the reasons someone would not hire you is to do yourself a major disservice. So stop doing that. <laughs> There's a YouTube clip. I should link it in the show notes. Um, uh, who was it? Bob Newhart. I think it was a Bob Newhart. I'll find it. I'll link it in the show notes if I can remember. Let me make a note. Anyway, it's a comedy sketch and he's like, um, he's a psychiatrist or he's a therapist or something like that. And this woman goes to him and she's like, I have this irrational fear of, I don't know, boxes or something like that. Um, and she's like, every time I think about a box, I want to go run and hide in the closet. So this isn't really what she says. Anyway, so his his way of treating her is not to say, you know, okay, well, tell me about your mother and tell me about your childhood and let's let's get to the bottom of this phobia. His treatment method is to like get in her face and say, stop it. Stop doing that. So sometimes I feel like I need to do that too. <laughs> Just stop doing that. Stop telling yourself that you're not good enough. You are good enough. There are reasons someone will hire you. And yes, they will hire you to write something that someone else has already written. And that's okay. I mean, it's not okay to copy. You know, you need to do your own original work, but they will hire you to write the type of content that already exists out there in the web. I promise. And speaking of the content that you will write, there's one more little mindset 
um, boogeyman that I want to bring up so that you can turn the lights on and beat him back. And that is this idea that the stuff you write has to be this um, beautiful, elegant, thought-provoking, I don't flowery prose. It does not have to be beautiful, provocative prose. This is not academia. This is not academia. This is not literature that you're writing. This is not, um, I don't know, this is not, it's not like that. A lot of what you'll do, especially if you're a content writer, but also if you're a copywriter, a lot of what you'll do, the focus needs to be on clear and precise um, and accurate and reflective of the values of the client and also the readers. You're not trying to write the next great American novel condensed into a thousand words to put on somebody's website. You're trying to write something that explains how to do this thing that they can put on their website. Um, we overcomplicate. We 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 make it more difficult than it has to be. My kids are really loud. They're playing outside, having a good time. You might hear their their happy happy giggles in the background. Um, anyway, your writing is going to feel more like journalism, uh, more like what you would see in the newspaper than it would be in the next great American novel. Um, it's not about being brilliant and being beautiful. It's about being useful and helpful and engaging. So if you feel like you're, you're doing, you're writing stuff and it's kind of boring, well, sometimes it is kind of boring. And so your job is to make it feel as conversational and as, as easy to read as possible. You're not looking to grip, <laughs> you know, you don't want gripping prose. You want clear, concise, easy to understand, um, and effective in terms of explaining, maybe tapping into some emotion and that sort of thing. Um, but this is not the kind of writing that you did in school. This is definitely not the kind of writing that you would do in English class. Um, so, so relinquish the expectation that, um, you need to bring the author to your writing. You don't want to bring the author to your writing unless you're authoring nonfiction, um, like straightforward business book <laughs> type nonfiction. I'm not saying be boring. I am saying it's not um, about beautiful craftsmanship artistry. There is a time and a place for that. Um, but a lot of what you do as a freelance writer is not that kind of beautiful craftsmanship artistry stuff. And that's what makes those other project so enjoyable. Um, but it can be a lot less demanding. And someone just got hit in the face with a soccer ball. So I'm going to wrap this episode up. But do come join us <laughs> and the Inkwell Guild, my Facebook group, you can search for us on Facebook, the Inkwell Guild with Ashley Gaynor, or you can go to the inkwellguild.com. And I'll see y'all on the inside. Okay, so tell me, do you need more writing clients? If you do, then I challenge you to stop getting ready to get ready and start taking the real action steps that booked out writers take every single day to find, 
reach and impress their ideal clients so that you can finally have the writing career of your dreams. And I encourage you to do so with Booked Out Writer, my newest course. Booked Out Writer is the everything you need and nothing you don't course for freelance writers who want to skip the low paying work and start making good money with great clients now. Whether you have five hours a week to devote to this or you're ready to go full-time, Booked Out Writer is perfect for establishing yourself as an in-demand go-to writer. Learn more at bookedoutwriter.com.